Welcome to the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast, a podcast we're seeking to lead change while also seeking to understand. We are also here as a platform for leaders to come together to unite to develop and empower other leaders in the areas of business, family, and community. I'm your host, Lafayette Lane, joined with my co-host, John LeBron. Today, we are joined by our special guest, Erica Rankin, who has joined us to have an incredible conversation about growing a business and when to pivot and about the bro dose story. Y'all know what time it is. Put those hands together. Put those clappy motions in the comment section. Just a little bit about Erica. She is a young entrepreneur in the fitness industry. And Erica noticed there was a need for plant-based protein pack products. In 2019, she launched Brodo. Brodo was created for consumers who prioritize their health and still want to enjoy a treat without sacrificing their health or fitness goals. It's also vegan and contains plant-based protein. And Erica has joined us right here today on Unscript Authentic Leadership Podcast. Erica, thanks for coming on. What an intro. Yeah, I know. I'm super stoked for this conversation. Thank you so much. Well, let's get right into the conversation, Erica. Again, thanks for coming on. I'm excited to hear your backstory. You would just start there. Where did that whole the bro dough story? What is that? Just give us your backstory and what you do and who you are more on this incredible company that you have. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I kind of have a weird story. Um, I went to school for psychology and never really was exposed to entrepreneurship. Grew up in a super small town just outside of Toronto, Ontario. Um, yeah, I was going down that path. I was going to pursue my master's after I graduated and got my undergrad in psychology. And then I decided to take a break. Um, and I started working at a university doing research. I worked at a bakery. I was doing personal training. Um, I got really into fitness and I competed in a few bodybuilding competitions back in 2018 and uh, kind of fell in love with the industry and the better for you food space. And uh, it's a growing um, category. We see more and more products coming um, into the market, especially now. And uh, yeah, that was kind of a passion for me. And then it got to a point where I was working in my little cubicle, my nine to five job um, for over a year and my contract was coming to an end. And uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to pursue it any further. And I just decided to quit it. And I booked a trip to Southeast Asia. I was in my early 20s. I was going through an existential crisis. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was living at home with my parents and I kind of felt like a loser. And I was looking around and all my friends were like settling down and like getting married, having kids, like finding um, careers, kind of getting salary jobs. And I didn't know what I really wanted. So I booked this trip. I was only supposed to go for one month. Um, and then I extended it two and a half more months. I stayed there for Christmas. I stayed there for my birthday. Um, I just fell in love with travel. And then I just found myself meeting lots of like-minded people. And uh, the one thing that I found in common with the people that I met is a lot of them were entrepreneurs. And when I talked to them and asked them what they did, their faces lit up and you could just see the passion. And they were just so excited talking about work. And I'd never seen that before. Like, Normally when you ask someone what they do, they're like, you know, I work here, you know, and then on the weekends, like I live my life and then I go back and it's kind of like that cycle or you dread the Mondays. And I don't know, I got home and I was like, okay, so what am I going to do? Am I going to work for someone else or am I going to try to do my own thing? And then I kind of thought about all the things that I'm passionate about and food has just always been one of those things. And I tried to figure out a way of how to monetize that and how to bring value to others. And then Rodo was born in mid 2019, and then I actually launched the product um, in December of 2019. 
Cool. So were you about to say something, John? <laughs> I was just jumping in. Yeah, that was great. Um, I, re- I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to when you were talking about that period of time when everybody was getting their quote unquote good jobs and starting to settle down and some people have kids and stuff. And that comes at different, different periods for everybody. But I think mm-hmm. the biggest transition is some people go corporate and they seem happy because they've kind of gotten the bag. Now they've got their first like salary. They feel like they're doing great. And then you got the other group who says, Oh, I have a job, but you, you know what I mean? You get that restless nighttime feeling. So what yeah. is it that made you jump into entrepreneurship versus just getting another job? I think for me, I started listening to, so I listened to Andy Frisella and he's the founder of a company called First Form. And he had a podcast and I remember just sitting at my desk in my cubicle, like with my headphones in every day, like listening to his podcast and it's all about entrepreneurship and like motivational. Um, yeah, it was just, I, I kept like getting so fired up at my desk and then I just kept doing the same thing every day. And I'm like, Hey, I need to not be this person. Like I am a person with, um, like I have integrity and I follow through on what I say I'm going to do. And I've always wanted to do this. Like in the back of my mind, it's kind of always been there, but I just didn't feel like I had the tools or the background to do it. Cause I thought, okay, well, I don't have a business background. I went to school for psychology. Like this isn't going to work for me. And then I think like going backpacking kind of opened my eyes and showed me that like, no, I don't need all these things in order to pursue um, this path, right? Like I met high school dropouts, I met people who had no education whatsoever. And they have these like big successful companies. And they just like, were super open and honest with me. And they're like, Yeah, like, I don't even really know what I'm doing half the time. And I just kind of go with it. And it seems to work out. And I like thought I'm like, Okay, this is really weird. No one ever really talks about this. Like you kind of only see things on a surface level. And everything looks super polished and like everyone knows what they're doing, but that's not it at all. And like the further I get into my journey, like I have people who come to me now and they're like, how did you figure it out? Like, how are you doing all of it? And I'm like, honestly, there's a huge learning curve and some days I still really don't know what I'm doing. So. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. What, what were some of those challenges that I know you said, you know, as an entrepreneur, it could be up and down kind of, there's no book, there's no guideline, especially there's different types of entrepreneurs, different types of companies that require different things to bring to the company and to make it successful. What were the things that were challenging to you and how did you work through those things? Oh God, there's so many. Like, um, I would say for me, like, cause I'm a solopreneur and I don't have a team around me. So it's like, I have to get myself up out of bed and like do things, especially on those days that are really hard and I don't want to. And I think I went like eight or nine months into my journey with pretty much no friends who were entrepreneurs. Um, like I had friends around me and I, I love them, but they just didn't really understand what I was going through. And if I went to them for help, like they couldn't really help me in any way. Um, and I didn't have mentors. I didn't have anyone I could go to or lean on. And I think having like that support system in place is so important because it's like that saying, right? It takes a village to build a business because it's so true. Even if you're a solopreneur, like you should have someone above you and people beside you to kind of lean on and go to and can also like save you a lot of time and money. Um, Because if you are making a decision, it's kind of like, okay, well, who do I go to? I go to someone who has been there before and who has walked this path and is a bit further ahead um, than I am. So I think that was like a big mistake that I made. I waited a really long time to like build out that support system. And then the other thing was like, I'm a very 
big introvert at heart and I was very scared to put myself out there for a really long time. Um, even like cold calling stores, I would like type out a script on my laptop and I'd be like shaking when I go and calling them. Like, you know, it's just things like that, like trying to like break out of my comfort zone. And I did a lot of personal development over the past two years and I had a therapist and I worked with a business coach and I really tried to um, break down those walls and like get rid of those old habits. Cause you can't really, you can't be that way when you're an entrepreneur. Mm. So you said you had no friends who were entrepreneurs, which is like almost every entrepreneur story, I think, because we all come out of high school being told, go work over here or here or here or here. Never. You should start something for yourself, right? Because that's deemed super risky. Um, how did you find that association? Because there's you know, a saying that says you'll be the average of the five people you spend the most time with in the books you read. How did you go and find the association to help you uh, go to that next level? I, I literally hit a wall. I hit a wall so hard. I, I think it yeah. was like in 20, 2020, like mid to late 2020. Um, I didn't know how to grow my business. Like I was burning myself out. I was making so much product. I was shipping, I was picking and packing. And there were so many like uncertain things. Like I had all these decisions to make and I didn't know how to make them. Um, and I was very scared because like the further along you get, the riskier your decisions are and the more expensive your moves are. Like if you make a wrong move, um, especially with like CPG with food products and inventory, like it is very expensive. Um, so I think I just like went on LinkedIn cause I had a friend who was on LinkedIn and he's like, yeah, just go on there and start like messaging people and like try to like build up that network. Cause it's really important. Um, and yeah, I started messaging people that I looked up to and then, uh, yeah, to this day, like I still have mentors, um, that I've been speaking with since that point or that moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so true. Like you are the sum of the five people you hang out with. And I think that's why it's so important to have really awesome people around you that are not only at the same level as you, but ahead of you as well. Um, and then like what I do is I kind of, if I have a big decision to make, I go to like each person and then I sit down and then I, okay, okay, what, what, what makes the most sense for me in my business right now? Um, and then I kind of make a decision based on that, but yeah, it saved me a lot of headaches for sure. Um, having that in place. I love how you said that you were introvert, but don't mind my ring light where we just randomly just came back on. <laughs> so if I just God. got blinded, that's why. Uh, <laughs> uh, you say that you are an introvert, um, but you did not allow that to stop you, but you invested in your weaknesses. And I think that is so important because I think a lot of people, they feel like, well, if I'm not good in this area, that means I'm not meant to do it. So you didn't allow you being an introvert, you didn't want to, you say you didn't want to pick up those calls and call the stores. So you literally said you invested in, in therapy and coaches and things like that. Can you speak to our eyes and tell them how important it is to have that personal investment into yourself? Do not allow, allow your, what you think are your deficiencies or those things that you are afraid of to stop you, but maybe those things can be fixed just by a, a personal investment into yourself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's so important. And I, I used to be the most stubborn person and I was so set in my ways and just like reflecting back, like if I were to stay that way for the rest of my life, like nothing good is ever going to come to me if I don't put myself out there. And uh, I think like when you start doing the things that scare you or that challenge you, and then you start seeing the payoff, it's kind of like a drug, like it's addicting. It's like, okay, I had this adversity and then I overcame it and it's making me better and stronger. And you can kind of, 
it's like incentive, right? Like for me, it's so scary, even like public speaking or doing things like this. I remember like two years ago when I first started doing this or a year ago, um, I would be so nervous, like to the point where I would like want to throw up. <laughs> and then I did it more and more and more. And like, for example, like this year, 2021, my goal was to be on like 10 podcasts. And I think I'm at like 30 or 40 or something. Um, and now it's like, it's super easy and I'm super comfortable doing it. And there's like always going to be other things that I'm trying to work on and work towards. Like, um, especially as a, like a, a founder, you're forced to wear all the hats at the beginning. So if you suck at something, well, too bad you're gonna have to kind of make the most of it and figure it out if you don't have like the capital or the resources to hire out and get the help for it but as you grow um and you have the funding and you're able to bring people on then you kind of look at okay like what am i actually really good at and what do i need help with and then you can bring in people to fill in those gaps i'm really good at marketing i'm good at branding and storytelling numbers i'm not good at operations i'm not good at manufacturing i'm not good at and like i'm slowly bringing in people to fill in those areas because i think that's really important um and yeah like don't don't be so stubborn if you're bad at something um you can work on it you can always work on it and you can always improve and you can always be better and it is the most rewarding thing like when you see those changes you know i think anyway <laughs> that's awesome can you tell us a little bit about brodo and why you picked that product because i the reason i ask is a lot of people say i want to be an entrepreneur and they're like i have no idea what to pick and <laughs> i personally think sometimes you're going to pick a few things because you're going to try something realize you know i'm not good at this whole thing i hate this half of it love this and then you kind of right. feel your way forward but how did you pick brodo tell us about it about the product let everybody know what it is so forth and when is it coming to the states because i know right now it's not because i watch your posts yeah um, yeah thanks for watching um yeah i mean 2022 that's kind of like the game plan to, to launch in the states like mid 2022 so we'll see perfect. um but yeah brodo is basically a better for you edible cookie dough it's like that nostalgic treat that um i don't know mm -hmm. my parents aren't super big cookie dough eaters but i feel like millennials gen z is like they kind of you know, like who wants to like the bowl? It's like that question that you hear when you're growing mm -hmm. up and you're like, I want it. And you just, mm -hmm. you know, I, uh, for me, it's such a nostalgic treat. And like, I would eat it to the point where I would feel so sick. Like I remember in high school, <laughs> <laughs> I would be in high school, me and my friends, like, oh my on our, yeah, on our lunch break, um, we would walk across the street to the grocery store and we would just buy a roll of like that, you know, the classic Pillsbury cookie dough. And we would, it, it full blown, like has eggs and everything in it. You're not supposed to eat it raw. And it's the mm -hmm. flour raw flour can actually make you sick because it's there's bacteria in it that can contain e coli um mm. but yeah so we would we would sit and eat it like in freaking like 35 degree weather like in the sun on our lunch break and then i would go back and that would be my entire lunch i would go back to school and then i would have like a sugar crash and i'd feel so sick um and then later on in life i competed in bodybuilding and i have like the biggest sweet tooth ever and i just started like recreating my favorite treats like cookie dough i did like protein donuts protein cookies protein pudding like all these different things and i started sharing my recipes on instagram and they started to get a lot of attention um and that was kind of like a passion of mine and i never really thought that i could turn it into a business and then i guess just this trip that i went on kind of like all the pieces kind of clicked together and then when I got home, I kind of sat down and brainstormed all these different things. Um, and then Brodo was just kind of an idea that I had. And like the term bro is like 
a gym term, like you even lift bro, mm-hmm. because it has that added protein, like functional element to it. Um, and yeah, like these past two years, I've just been making it in a commercial kitchen. Um, I had a friend come into the kitchen with me and help me like late at night. And I'd put them all like in boxes in my Jeep, bring them back to my condo, store them in freezers in my living room, pick and pack at my dining room table. Um, and then, yeah, this this month, actually, in a few weeks, I have my first production run with my manufacturer. So now I'm not going to be making it anymore. I can focus on growing the business rather than making it and shipping it and, you know, all that fun stuff. So. Well, congratulations on that milestone. Thanks. That's really great. What, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. What were some of the the pivots that you had to make? Of course, we know that. Thank God. I think I think that we're coming out of the pandemic. Thank God. Um, but <laughs> as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, especially one that was just started, what were some of those pivots um, that you had to make through the past year or so? So I think the thing that kind of sucked for me was I launched literally like three months before the pandemic happened. Mm. Um, And yeah, and like sales. So like, I remember like I published my Shopify website and I told my friends and family, I'm like, hey, go to my website, like Google Brodo. And I had like people messaging me and they're like, okay, I Googled your business and I can't find it on Google. And I was like, what? (laughs) And then I started to learn about SEO and like all of that. Mm. And I'm like, wow, you actually have to like know what you're doing. (laughs) and uh yeah like I I struggled to like get um my brand out there and like create brand awareness and it was a very slow start like I think my first month I sold 18 jars and most of them were from people who knew me so it didn't technically really count um but yeah I guess like I really wanted to launch into stores and with the pandemic stores were closing and then opening and then you couldn't do like in-store demos and do samples and stuff and so that was kind of like a a struggle for me um and then i also wanted to do like trade shows and expos and i remember like renting booths and then they would get canceled and then that just like never happened um so i really focused on d to c and it kind of was a blessing in disguise because everyone was at home they were like scrolling on instagram scrolling on facebook and i did put some money into some paid ads and um i think like yeah the summer of 2020 um they just started blowing up and doing really well. And then I started getting orders and then it just kind of grew from there. And then um, this year I got on TikTok and really focused on growing that channel and then LinkedIn as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, I hear so many stories from different entrepreneurs and some businesses got hit harder than others, but I was pretty fortunate to be in the food space because food is something that we all need and all love. So (laughs) yeah. Very cool. And if anybody doesn't know, D2C is direct to consumer. In case yeah. anybody's wondering, um, <laughs> watch Shark Tank. You'll learn all the terms. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, who, by yeah. the way, says salaries are the killer of dreams. So I uh, couldn't agree more. People get on that yeah. and feel comfortable and they quit on their dreams. Um, you had mentioned it was a great segue. Um, you start getting followers on TikTok and LinkedIn. I don't remember if Lafayette mentioned it, but your LinkedIn account is doing pretty well. You have like 27,000 followers. TikTok is killing it at 175 plus thousand followers, 175,000. Can you talk to that? Because as people who create content for our, our company and our podcast as well, and all kinds of companies out there who know they want better following, better... Uh, just people who want to rock with their business along the journey. What's your secret to to getting 
not just followers, but people who want to stick with you and who want to engage with your content? I think it's just like I treat my customers like my friends. <laughs> like I mm. kind of go about it a different way. Um, and like ever since I started getting more active on social media, um, like so rewind a little bit, like in 20. 20 um so and i think august or september 2020 that's when i got on linkedin and i remember going on there i had 12 connections i was scrolling on my home page and it was just kind of like that toxic positivity in a way like i saw businesses fundraising and getting in certain stores and people hiring teams out and i was like in a puddle of my own tears like trying to figure out how to grow my business and had like no one around me to help me and uh so I thought, okay, um, I'm going to start connecting with different founders and kind of learn more about them and their struggles. And I kind of found this common theme among all of us. So like we all have these different things we go through. Like there's so much crap that comes with being an entrepreneur and a lot of people don't really talk about it. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to just put everything out on the table and just show everyone like what is actually going on. And that's kind of been my goal since day one. And I've shown like, the really great things, but also like the shit things that again, no one really talks about. And I think it resonates with a lot of people and a lot of people want to put that stuff out there, but they're just not comfortable enough to do it. And I've kind of just gotten comfortable with being uncomfortable and I kind of don't care what people think of me anymore. Um, and mm. also too, I see, I see how many like people it affects. Like I get messages from people all over the world and they're like, thank you for like sharing your story. Like it makes me feel less alone. Like I just started this business and it's not going the way I'd hoped. And, there's just like so many people who are going through the same struggles and it's just not spoken about. So I think just my goal of being transparent since day one, um, it's really helped me and it's kind of helped my account grow. And that was never really my intention. My intention was to add value. And I think when you kind of change what your intentions are, um, that's when you really start seeing the payoff. And same with like TikTok. I just really care about the people who follow me and I be sure to like engage with my followers and reply back to their comments and, like take them along the journey, right? Because I'm basically a one woman show. And I don't know, it's kind of fun. Like I, I like them being like a part of my team almost. So I mean, what I hear from you is that you have uh, next level resilience. You have yeah. perseverance, um, not just as an entrepreneur, but even growing on the social media. Can you kind of speak to that? Of course, you see that right behind me. Part of leadership is having that perseverance and uh, just pushing through. Um, now, of course, I think everybody on this screen, all three of us are millennials. And I think that, you know, we live in a PC culture, but I think part of that's good. But I think also there's another part that has kind of hindered us in that we don't have that fortitude to push through hard times, right? We don't have that fortitude to push through hardship because we expect everything to come instant. Social media, mm -hmm. the microwave, success should be overnight. We, we, our life is supposed to be viral, right? But how important is it to have that perseverance, to have that fortitude to push through those hard times? Oh my God, it's so important. Yeah. And that's why, like, when I talk to people and they're, they're like, hey, well, what, what would you recommend I do? Or I just want to get started or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. pick something that you're really passionate about. Um, cause, you're not going to really see any monetary payoff immediately. And if you're not yeah. getting money and you're not passionate about it, 
you're not going to keep going on those hard days. Yeah. You're just going to say, fuck it. Like, I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, Cause like, I, I love what I do. Like I love my customers. I, I mean, I don't love making cookie dough anymore, but <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, you know, like I just, I love the space. I love all of the other founders that I've like developed relationships with. And um, like, that's what gets me up out of the bed in the morning. And I'm just, I'm so happy to be doing what I'm doing even though I'm not really making any money yet, it's kind of like that delayed gratification component, right? Like with any business, you kind of have to put in the work at the beginning, build the foundation, and then eventually it's going to pay off. So having that perseverance and that grit and just going through it, like it's so important, especially at the beginning. And like, again, like Andy Frisella's podcast, he talks about um, zero options mentality. And I have that like in big neon letters um, on the wall mm. of my condo. And it's basically like, you're going to do it. Like you're, you're going to go through it. You're going to do it. There's no other options. Just stick with it. Just keep going with it. Um, and, uh, that's actually like having that mentality has helped me so much. Oh, John, did you have a, a question? Yeah. So zero yeah. options mentality. That almost feels like, uh, I would, I used to call it burn the bridges. Basically like there's no retreat. You're just saying, yeah, this is I the way that. we're going. We're moving forward, smash the bridge. Let's rock, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, fortunately, in the world we live in, there's always more options. We have more ways to make money, to chase dreams, to chase influence than anybody has ever had. It's it's cheaper cheaper than it's ever been. It's easier than it's ever been. Um, and so, yeah. But still, hats off to you. So, can you talk to he? He mentioned perseverance and and sort of that stick to itness and. I think you might have said it, but I don't know if I if, if you did or not. You said something about that's what keeps me up at night. Can you can, so let's rewind back to that. Talk talk to us in the audience about like purpose and influence. So what is it that two questions? First thing is what keeps you up at night? And the other question is what gets you up in the morning? Um Ooh. So that's a really good one. That's a good question. It's um, a good question. So the night, the nighttime thing is like not a good thing. It's more so like anxiety and like, what the frick am I doing with my life? <laughs> um, especially like when I'm, you know, like it's, I went into this like with a completely different mentality. Like I started this business as a side hustle. I was like, this is just gonna be a fun project for me, like whatever. And I, I never anticipated it to grow into what it is. And I also didn't anticipate pretty much betting my whole life on this company um, and mm -hmm. every single dollar that I have. Right. So I think like, if you're not thinking that in the middle of the night, if you're an entrepreneur, something might not be mm -hmm. very right. Like, I think there's those moments where you're like, what am I doing? Like, where's the security or especially like as you grow and you hire out a team and people rely on you for their income. Like that's a very scary thing. And that's something that I'm very scared of to have people depend on me for their, you know, like to feed their families and to put the roof over their, their, their heads. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of at night. And then in the morning, it's just like, like I make a point every week to talk to like two or three other um, either like new founders or people who are looking to pursue entrepreneurship. And like, that's what I love doing is just sharing my knowledge with people. Um, Cause so many people have done that for me and it just, it makes me so excited. And I love um, watching people grow and basically build their own lives and um, whether it be food or not food um i just like being a part of someone else's journey and uh of course my customers like i love my customers and i 
love creating a product that people enjoy. Like that's probably the coolest thing ever is basically building something from nothing and seeing people like it and share it on social media and all of that. It's super rewarding. So one thought on your, uh, when you hire your new employee, um, I don't have lots and lots of experience, but one of my family owns a company, a cybersecurity company. We have seven employees. And so it's not a lot, but you know, each one costs like a hundred thousand dollars. So it's not like it's the cheapest thing in the world. It's just the industry. But um, we also had that nervous feeling of when we hired the first person of, okay, we better not fail because then they can't feed their family. But what we found is if you find people who share your vision and they are part of the team, not an employee, but part of the team, I'm not saying they have equity, Mm -hmm. but they're part of the team and they know that they are also working to grow the business. They know the company's small. They know they're the first, second, third, fourth employee. It's evident when they walk in, they say, where is everybody? Right. (laughs) Um, And so they know this. And so it's not like there's this, I don't know that they get this feeling of this better not fail or I can't feed my family. It's, Hey, we're start, I'm starting with them and I'm going to help them build. And so I feel like you actually get more out of them, out of that, those employees, because they know that I'm a real part of this team. I'm not one of a thousand. I'm not one of 5,000 who's just taking calls. I am the customer service person. Mm -hmm. I am the wholesale packer. I am whatever. And so when you do add them, and I know financially, it's like, when is the right time? And I can't help, help with that part. But just know that when you do add them, their thoughts are not typically, I hope Erica doesn't mess up because then <laughs> I, I'm not going to have a paycheck in a month. It's definitely typically, hey, I'm excited about this startup and I want to go in the same vision as she does because you are sharing and casting the vision to your team and let's go. And they take responsibility for growth just as much as you do, even though you have 100% equity and they're on a paycheck. They're excited about the journey and the mission of the company because you've cast that vision. So Mm -hmm. just food for thought, something we've learned um, over the last several years or whatever. Yeah, no, I love that. And like, that's kind of like, like company culture and stuff. Like, again, like, I don't want it to look like a hierarchy. I want it to kind of be like me working alongside everyone. And, you know, like, Mm -hmm. we're on the same level, and we're doing the same thing, or we're working together and just finding people who, yeah, have the same values. And obviously, no one's gonna love my company as much as I do. Um, But to Mm -hmm. just hire people out who kind of like believe in it and can kind of see it for what it will be not what it currently is, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Flatter is always a little bit better because when the deeper it gets as far as structure, the more it costs you because you got to start paying (laughs) people to supervise people. And so it gets very expensive. But anyways, go ahead, Lafayette. Erica, if you were to leave our audience, I usually say a last word, unless John, you had some more questions. Uh, But I I think I want to ask you to leave us one last piece of dough um, (laughs) in this conversation. just leave us whatever's on your heart that will help the entrepreneurs that are listening. Uh, yeah. So I guess done is better than perfect. Um, like what you launch with is not going to be what you finish with and mm-hmm. whatever you do, whether it be product based or service based, like it's going to evolve. Um, like for example, I did my own website. I did my own packaging. I made my own product and my website was pretty janky. Like it 
was very, it needed some love, you know, um, but it got me to where I needed to go. And I kind of proved the business. Um, cause again, like you don't want to dump a ton of money into something and then have it not work out, you know? Um, so yeah, just kind of be, be scrappy at the beginning. And then as you grow and you generate revenue, you can just reinvest back into the company. And that's kind of what I'm doing now. And, um, that's, yeah, that's a piece of advice that I would give people who are starting out. Absolutely. We, we've said it thousand times here on the podcast in multiple episodes just start just the start the way that our show looks right now literally from a to z looks nothing like when we first started it's totally if you looked at from episode one to now and just our entire structure it's like is this the same this is the same unscripted leadership but just start right and uh if you just start you know things will, will happen from there we want everyone to stay connected with Erica. You can do that several ways on Instagram and on TikTok at Brodo Canada and also at Erica Brodo on LinkedIn. Is there anything, is there any other place you said, you, I heard you mention a website. Uh, yeah, there... I mean, my website's Brodo.ca um, and I'm kind of in a weird transition period. And I can't tell the okay. way I say it. So if you're American, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> but it's coming. Well, Brodo is coming to America. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, it is. Stay connected here. Uh, here on Unscripted, you can find us at Unscripted Leadership on all social media platforms. Also, check out our website, unscripted-leadership.com, where you can find our sign up for our amazing newsletter that will keep you informed and give you special insights and things that we have going on here on Unscripted. Also, the podcast is available on all streaming platforms where you get your podcast. Again, we say thank you to our special guest, Erica Rankin, for coming on to have this amazing conversation about growing a business and knowing when to pivot and giving us the backstory of the pro dough. Again, as always, we pray that you be leader that God has called you to be. Bridges connect and walls divide. We pray that you be the leader God's called you to be. Until next time, God bless you.